This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robin's Review. City are out of the Carabao Cup in the second round after a home defeat against Norwich, who were in control for large parts of the game and even seemed like they had an extra gear to go into if required. The visitors rattled the bar twice and scored shortly after the break, with City again registering just one shot on target from Naki Wells. Bit of a cliche, Matt, but with a depleted squad, it may even be a blessing in disguise that we can now focus on the league until January when the FA Cup comes around. Yeah, I think that's a statement said um, when you lose a game. Um, no one wants to lose. No one wants to go out. You, you're right. We have got a depleted squad um, because of injuries and um, what it seems to be now a, a, a lack of signings. Um, and yeah, you know, we, we have got a focus on the league, but I think it showed just the, the the distance between our squad and Norwich's squad, who also made a lot of changes. Um, and just the way that they played. And 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 actually, we didn't play badly. This wasn't a, a Birmingham performance, but I always felt Norwich had another gear they could step into if they wanted to. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, it was disappointing. A disappointing yeah. way to go out. Absolutely. These three words were home woes continue. Um, before we get into the action, let's do our check-in. So, uh, Matt, how are you out of 10 this morning? Um, I'm probably a six, mate, if I'm honest. Um, just a, a bit miffed by it all. Um, I've got a full um, day of phone conferences. I'm never particularly happy with that. But, yeah, you know, it, it, it coming back and reading some of the comments, listening to some of the comments, it just, I don't know, I just feel like we're we're stagnating a little bit at the moment. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my six, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'll be a seven. Um I've got, uh, it's 8am and we're recording this podcast and I've just woke up 10 minutes ago, but I have had a bacon and avocado roll, which is very nice. And I've got a lovely coffee in front of me. Very nice. And yeah, as you say, it wasn't, it was a come down from the whole performance, but not, not as far down as going from Millwall uh, down to Birmingham. So that's right. So, yeah, I think uh, a seven is a good number for me. And uh, let's come to our guest, Mr. Lee Paul. Lee, how are you out of seven? Yeah, out of seven? Out of ten? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out of seven. Have I got to be seven? Then? <laughs> First of all, nice to see you both. And uh, thanks again for, for your great work. and love listening every week to the podcast. Thank um, you, Lee. Uh, I'm a seven. I'm still on holiday. But, but uh, football affects my mood. And... Last night, I was disappointed and even more angry when I listened to Nigel Pearson's post-match uh, comments, but I'm sure we'll come on to that a bit later on. Yeah, absolutely. Right. A uh, bit of admin before we start. So, uh, Matt, I don't know if you've had a chance yet to look at the Cider Reds programme. Um, and Same question to you, Lee, but it was fantastic to see so many people with a programme sticking out their back pocket last night. Uh, obviously, we've had it digital now for for some time, and uh, obviously, a fan produced cider reds is looking really good. And looking through, there were some some really good pieces on. There was a bit on Alan Walsh, um, and they they look backwards as well as, as forwards, and at the present as well. So, yeah, it's a good publication. 
I'll be honest to say I, I haven't. Um, I come in through the Winterstoke Road end and I didn't, didn't notice it being sold. So, um, yeah, I'll, I will look out for it. But it would be good if we can just understand where the sellers are around the ground because, um, yeah, no, nobody was clear to me. Um, I saw the, the halftime lottery ticket sellers, but, yeah, not the not the, the yeah, side of reds. Uh, and I understand you can actually subscribe to it and have it sent oh, to right, you okay. as well. So oh, okay. um, so you can have it have it sent to you and, yeah, so it'll basically be at home on the day of the game or the day after the game and really, it, really, in pristine condition as well. <laughs> yeah, really, really positive comments from lots of people that I've seen um, and loving the artwork on it as well. Well, um, the fact that now they've teamed up with a uh, friend of the show, RJ Wallace, over in New yeah. Zealand, um, so he's pro- he's providing the, the the front covers as of the first as of the Norwich game. So, I thought the one with the um, the Alex Scott, um, you know, young lad playing sort of yeah, yeah um, exactly. Whatever the football manager games are, the, these youngsters play these days. Yeah, it's called football manager. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, brilliant, Lee. Have you had a chance to look at that? And obviously, in the supporters' club uh, where you where you reside before a game, I suspect there was a few knocking around in there. Yeah, I, I've had a, a quick look through. Do you know what I, what I like about it is the fact that we've got many generations watching Bristol. So, and some people don't have the um, the kind of know how and and so on of of looking at things and downloading things and so on. And so, I think that respects the kind of maybe some generations that don't necessarily want to have the uh, digital copy. So, yeah, no, it's good. And, um, you know, any information coming from the club is positive. And I think if it's in print form, whatever, then that's great. Yeah. So, yeah, fan produce this one as well. Just important yeah. to to note that and fan produce content like what we're doing now. So, um, <clears throat> right, let's have a look at the starting lineup then. So, uh, five changes from the whole game. Viner, Pring, James, Knight and Bell coming out. Dickie, Roberts, King, Cornick, Mometti coming in. So we lined up O'Leary, Tanner, Naismith, Dickie, Roberts, King, Williams, Sykes, Cornick, Mometti and Wells up top. Uh, first coming to you, Matt, five changes. I didn't think there would be that many changes personally. Um, I obviously thought Dickie would come back in and maybe one more, but five changes. Did that did that not help us going into a, a home game where we want to try and put in a better shift? No, I don't think it did help us. I think when you're playing with the greatest respect, League One and below teams, you can get away with that. I think when you're playing top-end championship, which is where I expect Norwich City to be this season, I don't think you can. I know I think they made nine changes. Um, but obviously you're talking about a team that, that are still, I think, getting parachute payments. I think it might be their last year. Um, and I've obviously got quality there. Um, I just felt that there were a couple of strange ones for me. Um, I would have kept Dickie and Viner together. And you can talk about Zach needing a rest. or, But I think for Dickie to have been playing left side, which is not kind of his, his preferred um, position it's not somewhere he's really played before to then move him to the right I think that that kind of detracted a little bit um, I think Sykesy in the middle not sure that that really works um, that was really a strange one for me I I because Sykes and Mametti yeah uh, give give you that width give you those yeah. winger winger that winger feel and it was an opportunity for me to play Cornick down the middle where he probably yeah. would prefer to play you'd have thought if, if there was anyone in terms of resting I would have rested Naki Wells because Naki's put a shift in and, and I know 
you know, he gets rested at 65 minutes pretty much most games because his number comes up, doesn't it? But um, I would have put Cornick down the middle just to see how he would do down there. Um, because let's let's be completely honest on this podcast, he's yet to convince the vast majority of our fans. Um, you know, yeah, the, the long throw and he, he puts the effort in. And <laughs> Nigel Pearson has said, you know, he runs and runs and runs. That that isn't enough, obviously. So it would have been nice to have seen him down the middle. It would have been nice to potentially have gone a two, but the Sykes one I didn't get. I don't, I don't see Sykes as a ten. I don't see him in, and I don't mean this disparagingly to him, but intelligently enough, creative, creative wise, mm. in the way that an Alex Scott would be. I think Sykes is much better out, out wide, and and you know that's where I would have gone. Lee, I'll come to you now. So uh, Matt's talking there about. Cornick in the Wells role, and I'm thinking Cornick in the Sykes role from last night, even in the num- in that number ten, in behind Naki Wells, because mm-hmm. uh, then he can alternate a little bit with with Wells. And last night he was sort of alternating with Sykes, he was alternating with Mimetti. The that that three behind Naki Wells were quite fluid. I found that they were um, fluid, but I, I I'm with Matt on this that I'm not too sure what Cornick is offering at the moment. I don't think we've seen his his best position. I'm not too sure what his best position is. Um, he's certainly, in my eyes, he's not a winger. He hasn't got the, the flair. He hasn't got that close control. Um, and, you know, we've been crying out for a number nine and he, he does wear number nine and I'm sure that <laughs> we could have given him a chance um, up front um, just to hold the ball up and... and I, I, it, it's just frustrating me the fact that we've we've got such a small squad. And for me, last night looking at looking at the team selection, you know, we were told that Joe Williams, for example, um, can't necessarily last all games, and and I thought he may well have been rested. And I know Max O'Leary made a superb save last night, but what opportunities are we giving? Um, other goalkeepers at the club if you know if that's a if, great point because yeah. if, yeah. if Max O'Leary does get suspended or injured yeah. then Bajic or Wells Richards are going to make their first first team appearance aren't they more or less I, I just I just don't understand it because if Nigel Pearson hasn't got faith in those goalkeepers then then why aren't we looking to bring either someone in on loan or to buy another goalkeeper I mean I, I was just so annoyed to see that last night as you said um, because injuries, suspensions, they all they all happen, don't they? And um, yeah, um, and and actually, I know um, goalkeepers necessarily don't uh, put as many uh, or, or or kind of um, run as much as outfield players. I understand that, so maybe they don't need to be as rested. But experiences so much mm. in a competition like that last night, I, I think that was a missed opportunity. Yeah, okay. completely right. agree. So, and obviously the other thing to mention, Matt, and you picked it up in your column at the weekend about the substitutes. So there was only seven substitutes on the bench for City last night, as opposed to nine for Norwich. I don't, I don't get it, Patch. Um, I don't, as I said, I don't know if that's Nigel Pearson making a statement, but why is, um, and I continually get his name wrong and I apologise. Aroye. Arroyo, yeah, I was going to get it right there, actually. Um, why is Arroyo and Mike LaBelle, um, Harry Leeson, why are they not being named? Even just his cover, and, and I don't, I don't care that they're named on the bench and they're not going to get on. It's about experience mm. 
and being sat there and seeing what goes on at close quarters in, you know, even looking at David Wagner and some of the stuff he's doing and seeing their players, mm. it makes no sense to me whatsoever other than... and, and All it does is draws attention to it, which is maybe what It draws what, attention what he to wants. it, and maybe, that's, maybe that is what he wants. But for someone who's his forthright as Nigel Pearson is, in the last year of his contract, I'd rather he just came out and said, yeah, I've only named six on the bench because I just don't feel like we've got a squad strong enough or whatever, he, you know, whatever the rationale behind <laughs> it is. Mm. Um, and I, I would have liked the press to, to pick up on it um, and ask that direct question because um, I don't imagine there's many other teams and you see teams oh yeah 16 year old so and so was named on the bench for Tottenham and, and it wasn't Tottenham last night but you know those sort of things get that talked mm. about our academy is that good just give even if it's the, the youngsters behind what we've currently got mm. give them that opposition sorry that that exposure to, to being on there so I don't, I don't get it I don't like it um and yeah, I'd, I'd like Nigel Pearson to to confirm why he, he does that. It's it's a bit like um you know your kind of Sunday morning pub team minutes saying oh sorry ref we've only got eleven today kind of thing exactly it? you know, it's yeah a, and we're not we're a professional outfit it's you're you're absolutely right Matt and and some of those players would have loved to have been on the bench and of course they would actually. yeah and 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 it is a point I think Gary Hours made um maybe pre season at the High Performance Centre and not pre-season at Ashton Gate and playing any games at Ashton Gate for some of the new players. Maybe that comes into play as well, that they're not experiencing that atmosphere. Um, I don't know that I necessarily hold too much on that because I think, you know, jump well, the, the goalpost, put the ball down and you play, don't you? Yeah, but I mean, the, pit, the pitch is actually the same because I remember them saying. Yeah, that the, I think it's the, more around the atmosphere yes, and exactly. in a stadium environment. But it's just a couple of strange things. And, and going back to the point about Max, don't forget Max O'Leary got his start because of a loss of form for Dan Bentley. Mm. Now, if Max has a couple of dodgy games... You look right. I mean, we saw Badger kick against Lincoln last season. Didn't look great. Harvey, you know, and, and he's doing that as well, where Harvey seems to be mm. sub-goalkeeper or finishing goalkeeper, not that they're finishers if they're a goalie, but still in Nigel's terms. Um, and then Badger is the next game. And it's like, well, who is your number two? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's it's a bit baffling. It's a bit baffling. Yeah. Okay, right. Let's get to the minutes then. So, second minute, Sykes out to Mimetti, cuts inside on his right and shoots, but it's deflected out for a corner. So, we saw early signs, Lee, of of Sykes wanting to take the ball on, um, and he has got magic feet, let's say, but uh, on a number of occasions, he's cutting inside every time, rather than getting to the byline and sitting one up, which I think he did a couple of times last night. But if he's going to be cutting inside and shooting, he needs to improve that. Yeah, there's a couple of opportunities Sykes had when the ball kind of went wayward and so on. Um, do you mean is this the Mametti one where he shot? Not the shot, not not that. Sh- we well, did shoot on this one, but it was deflected out. Not the one where it went, you know, over the top. Yeah, because there, there was the one where Mametti shot and that Duffy, I think, at the back for um, for Norwich. I think he headed it out, didn't he? So there there was that incident as well, wasn't there? But um, but yeah, Sykes for me, I I, I think he's. He technically is good, but I think his shooting is so so wayward at times. Yeah. Um, and and likewise with Mehmeti, I mean, he looks like uh, sorry to say, but a bit like a headless chicken at times. Okay, 
Cool. Right. Into the fourth minute. Pachetta whips a lovely ball in and Norwich are in, but it's poked wide uh, from Ida. And then a shot from Fisher forces a save from Max O'Leary. So Norwich were on the in the ascendancy quite quite soon into the game, uh, Lee. And uh, yeah, you could see that that Ida was going to cause some problems, as was Pachetta. Well, I thought, do you know what? Their best player last night... Um, uh, was um, that Pacetta? I thought he was superb, and they also had the the right winger. Is it um, McCullum? I thought yeah. played well last night, and we yeah. saw early signs last night that they were going to be exploiting our uh, right hand side. And I think Tanner was um, was under the cosh last night for quite a lot of the time, and there were balls being whipped in on a number of occasions, which uh, you could see that if anything was going to come from uh, anything last night, it was going to be that right-hand side. So that was another great opportunity for Norwich. Uh, we started okay, but I think Norwich showed as well that their their intent was to uh, to come and attack us as well. Matt, a really early chance there for Norwich. And that that ball in from Pachetta was was inch perfect with with whip, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I thought I thought their, their quality from the wide areas, both sort of, you know, in-game running, but also from a dead ball point of view was was much, much better than ours. Um, we, we, we've got this real habit at the moment, um, and it, it was the case last night with Mametti, with Roberts, with Sam Bell when he came on, where we want to cut back inside and not deliver it sort of straight away. And there are, you know, absolutely, especially with someone like Mametti, do your tricks, your step overs and stuff like that to get your space. But at times he'd made the space and had to come back in again. And Sam Bell did it. And, and frustratingly, right at the end, Sam Bell did it. You think, we know you've got it in your locker. You've hit two of the best passes this season, crosses this season, with your left foot on the run. And yet we chop back in. And it's it's an, an area for me where we just don't deliver enough. It's not, no surprise we're, we're so shot shy and shots on target because we don't deliver enough quality into the box for the strikers. I guess, Lee, uh, what the counter-argument to that is, is that we haven't got a six-foot-four striker in the box who's going to get above two centre-backs um, and head the ball in. However, what we have seen is the goal up at um, Hull, where Sykes is whipping it in and finding Naki Wells' feet. Yeah, I mean, Sam Bell put a lovely ball in last night um, and there was just nobody in the box at all. And so, therefore, perhaps that isn't the way... Um, that that we need to to do it and 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 that Naki Wells, if you're going to put the ball in the air to him, he, he's just he hasn't got the obviously the height, he hasn't got the physique um, to to outmuscle a big centre half, and so therefore um, that is probably the way we've got to play. But like we've all been saying, and I know Matt's said it, and I've heard on the podcast, we are desperate for that number nine because with Sam Bell. Uh, whipping the ball in like he can. Sykes doing exactly the same. I'm sure a centre-forward would love to be mm. on the end of some of these. And last night, the great ball in by Bell, but just nobody was there. What yeah. is it, Patrick Lee, that we as fans see, but seemingly the coaching staff, the recruitment staff, the owners aren't seeing in terms of the need for another striker? from that perspective and and if it's because of funding fine come out and say that but surely Nigel Pearson and his coaching team recognize the need for having a, a style of forward that can hold the ball up mm. and play it into others because all teams seem to have them at this level especially um, if you're playing with one up top 
exactly. So, yeah. When we when yeah. we had, I don't want to keep harping back to Famara, but I remember a few games where we did play with just him up top. I think yep. it was QPR away springs to mind, and and he he obviously didn't have a good first touch but he held the ball up he muscled people i remember other defenders coming out and saying he's horrible to play against uh and if you're gonna if you're gonna persevere with one up top in the absence of conway for example go two up top but but also bell and bell and wells or your bow and wells or the other thing with it is as well People might go, yeah, but you know, you might then go long. We're playing a lot of long passes at the moment, and I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying the hoof ball. We're playing a lot of long passes, but there are times last night where you're playing the ball at Tanaki Wells, mm-hmm. expecting him to win a header against a six foot four Shane Duffy centre half. Um, he's never going to do that, and even if he does, we haven't got runners close enough to him that if he does manage to bring it down, that then can lay it off. I, I really struggle to understand the way that we're trying to you know play from that perspective and to not have that as an option um i think it's just a little bit remiss you know norwich last night they bring on ashley barnes who yeah. can batter defenders hold the ball up for fun can't he so i mean i i was just thinking then you know our ideal center forward now would be somebody like a Kiefer moore um who he would love to be on the end of some of those Sam Bell crosses, wouldn't he? Well, unfortunately, he's, he's getting game time in the Premier League now, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, he's he's going to yeah. be on big bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, from that point of view, you kind of wondered whether there was an option with the alone, maybe with with the Alex Scott sort of transfer. But you, mm-hmm. you're rightly, and people might go, yeah, but you know, you just go long term. Kiefer Moore is is so much more than just being a yeah. head on a stick. You know, that you just yeah. pump the balls in. He's decent on the ground. I saw him absolutely terrorise us when he played for Barnsley years ago away at Barnsley. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just we'll, we'll talk about Nigel Pearson's sort of post-match comments and and that's a real concern for me I've got to say yeah. 25th minute it's a cross in from the left and Norwich hit the crossbar it was a great save from Max O'Leary uh, it was a header down into the ground from Ida and only when you sort of watch the replay in slow motion do you see that Max does get uh, the other the opposite hand to it and to, to and obviously that was a corner to Norwich so the ref see sees the touch as well but uh yeah max from close quarters lee making a really good save yeah it was like Gordon banks-esque wouldn't it last night when the uh the ball kind of uh <clears throat> was headed down interestingly I-, I was expecting a goal because all he had to do was just head it in the back of the net but interestingly the striker headed it down but max just I, mean, I was in the south stand so it looked even better from behind the goal and yeah. he managed to just put it over and, and even people around me said Wow, that is a, an outstanding save, and um, yeah, that that I mean, yeah, it, it was a pleasure to be there last night to watch that. Yeah, it really was. It so, it was an absolutely outstanding save. It was mm. his his right hand above him, no reaction time. Um, Chris, who sits by me, sort of said, you know, all he had to do was edit down, and I went, well, he did edit down. Did. Yeah, <laughs> and so right, yeah. the striker did kind of what he he needed to do. Yeah. Um, it took a hell of a bounce, didn't it? But I thought, yeah, it, it was. And you don't see a better save than that. It was top draw. And I've I've talked on air patch, haven't I, about Max not making the worldy saves. That was a worldy last night. It, it was, was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. 40th minute, another chance for Norwich is curled over the top of Max's goal. It was a ball out wide, fizzed in by McCallum and over the top from Sarah, I think his name is. So 
a couple of different players there, Matt, that we've mentioned for Norwich, all getting their shots away. And I think we've started to see contributions come in with shots in some of the away games from City players. But Norwich have clearly got three or four players in there that are that are shooting and just missing the target. Yeah, it was becoming a little bit of one-way traffic, wasn't it, at that stage? It, it, it felt like they were going to score at any moment. Um, that one in particular, you know, it kind of just bent round and hit the stanchion, didn't it, behind? Mm. But um, again, like I said, you know, they, they've got Premier League quality. Um, you know, they, they've had the money, they've bought well. Um, but I thought last night, bearing in mind that Wagner's only been there for, what, nine months or so, um, I thought they looked a really, really good cohesive unit. Their press was excellent. They gave us little time on the ball. Um, and then going forward, the same. Um, they, they looked they looked like they could could score at any moment. Um, and it was really more around quality and some some good defending as well. They didn't. Yeah. 43rd. Feel, go on. Sorry, could you say, didn't you feel that their tempo was a lot more higher than, than ours? Um, and yeah, that was the difference. I, I do think. But for me, that's where, from a midfield perspective, um, I think we're going to suffer um, with the greatest respect to Andy King. Andy King just doesn't have the legs anymore to get like he used to. Mm. Um, and a, a lot of what we were doing with the ball last night was sideways and backwards, not not just with Andy. Um, I thought Joe Williams was was certainly trying to get forward a lot more. But you're, you're right, the intensity... Mm. Um, our, our first thought on a lot of occasions seemed to be safe, play it sideways, play it backwards, whereas theirs was going forward and looking to to really get ass um, and much quicker. But it's quite surprising, Matt, that we're, we're playing so safe because I don't feel the fans are on the back of the players. Not at they? all. Not, and and Nigel Pearson happens. said it himself, Lee, that yeah. he doesn't know why we're playing so safe. So it's not as if the manager is mm. seemingly giving that directive, but, you know, we, we really are. Um, I thought last night there were so many times where someone got the ball um, and, you know, Andy King or Joe Williams were pointing to go backwards or square. And, and there was a, a, a rather large guy sat next to me, um, unusually so, um, <laughs> a, a Mr. Warner. My safe stand Who kept saying time and time again, Max is on, Max is on. Yeah, when we're, when, when we're up at our yeah, opposition corner When we had the ball flag. in the opposition third, because three or four times that was the ball that got played back and you yeah. think why is that why are we and and uh, you know the crowd weren't on their backs Lee, like you yeah. say last night it wasn't um you know an atmosphere where you thought yeah you could see what and, and actually case in point the, a change that he makes with your boa coming on your boa everything he did was go forward everything he did um, yeah Okay, uh, our shot on target came in the 43rd minute. It was a neat ball from Joe Williams to Naki Wells, who I think takes a shot first time or maybe one touch, but forces a, a save from the keeper. But that was kind of all we had to shout about, Matt, in the first half, wasn't it? And it was great, great to see him testing the keeper. Yeah, it was good effort. Um, I will say as well, in shout out to, to, to Dave Ebbs, um, their goalie, George Long, is a lad they've signed from Hull. Um, and someone had put a, a post Davey, on I think, X. wasn't it? I think it was, yeah. Someone had put a post on X to say, see how I'm up with the kids now on X? I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd put a post on X naming a number of goalkeepers that could come in and provide competition for, for Max, and George Long was one of them. 
and I kind of put a comment, not not for me, he's got a mistake in him and um and Fev sort of said, you know, he's he's decent and, and actually last night I thought I thought he did everything that was asked of him. Well, quite yeah. comfortable on the ball. Um I completely agree. And and watching how nonchalant he was in yeah. goal with the two defenders, they were they were playing triangles around exactly. Wells and Bell. And yeah. you know, if that was if that was our our end, we'd be like, oh my God, what is he doing? But they just I, seemed so relaxed doing it, didn't they? And, and I, I guess they're, they're comfortable in doing that. And that's the way that Wagner wants them to play. And so, you know, that that's, it, you, you get used to it, don't you? But I, I thought he, he was very good. And yeah, it was a, it was a great save from Naki. I felt, like I said, I thought we, we played some decent stuff and it was quite a, a, an entertaining game to watch. But I always felt we were, second best in that i listened to um ed on radio bristol afterwards and, and he sort of said and he wasn't at the game but he said oh you know it was a close game in um you know city didn't create a lot but played some good stuff and norwich didn't actually create that much and i'm like you clearly weren't at the game because yeah. norwich i don't know what it was in terms of shots but actually in terms of the possession i think you you said patch at one stage it was like 50 50 possession yeah but again it was the fact that when they got the ball, it was the tempo that Lee talked about. It was what they did with the ball um, and the shots that they took. It just felt like that, you know, for me, they they were more than deserved winners on the night. I did think it was a scoreline that really fl- reflected the balance of the, the game. Yeah, Norwich had 14 shots to our six, four yeah. on target to our one. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, definitely plenty of shots coming in. Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Right, here's the halftime summary sponsored by RB Spoke Quizzes. Uh, Opening 20 minutes or so was all very pretty without either side really doing that much to hurt each other some nice passing at times but not really where it counts a period of light sparring you suggested you'd have to say that Norwich were the most dangerous of the two teams for the remainder of the half with Max pulling out a great save to tip over a header when the Norwich player should have probably scored one good effort from Wells just before half time but the second half we need to pick up the tempo and ingenuity in attack Lee your thoughts on that yeah, I think Rob got it spot on. Um, like like Matt said, um, you know, I, th- I thought Norwich um, could have probably gone up a gear first half. Given the number of changes for both teams, you could tell that there were certainly first half. There were it was <clears throat> it was fairly tight. Uh, very few opportunities. Um, and and like Rob said, I think um, the striker who we said uh, should have headed it um, in the back of the net. Great save from Max, as we said before. But I always felt it was down our right side that they were um, dangerous. And I could tell um, that they were exploiting because I, I don't think Tanner had his best uh, evening last night. And um, and I always felt that something was going to come from uh, McCullum, who, mm. um, who who got forward, not like our fullbacks. They got yeah. forward and they were um, they were very dangerous. So therefore, I think it was a good summary from, from Rob, spot on. Yeah. 46 minute, Norwich are in again, hit the crossbar, but it was a neat back heel and shot from Gibbs. Again, he should have scored. I think uh, Wagner's interview after after the game sort of suggesting that they need to be putting those away because 
it it almost did feel a little bit more like a two 0 or a three 0 and obviously it yeah. would have been if those if a couple of those had gone great, in. Great, it was a great move though, Patch. I mean, not not great defending. Um, no. Too many times last night they had midfield runners that weren't picked up, um, and and that move in particular, you know, it it, it was a really good move, good back heel. Um, I mean, it 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 wasn't like it was a a sitter was it I thought it was a decent effort um, just a little bit unlucky but even with that Nigel Pearson Sheridan um, on Radio Bristol sort of said to him about the fact they hit the, the crossbar and Nigel Pearson well hitting the crossbar is off target yeah I know. <laughs> like, I, yeah alright all right, Nigel I know, I, know it, I know it is but come on yeah 48th minute and it's 1-0 to Norwich and it was coming it was a long diagonal ball from right to left a sliding hook pass from McCallum and a spin and shot into the bottom corner from Placetta um and Matt, as it as I say, it was it was coming, but the lads provided the assist from on the floor, hooked it in, uh, and Placetta's had space to turn and and it's a good finish into the corner of the net. Yeah, I mean I think the the, the diag we didn't put enough pressure on it, and then when the, the lad, as you said, how's he able to get the time to to play the ball like he did, and then the defending from Rob Dickey was I was going to say scandalous, but wasn't great. I mean, uh, he got turned it all inside out. And, and it was a, a concern I had with Rob that on the floor, he's not the quickest. Um, it was also a good finish. It was a good a good piece of skill from him. But again, Nigel Pearson said afterwards that our defending on the right side last night wasn't great and that we, we have to do so much better with that goal. Um, yeah, it was it was a really poor goal to concede. But yeah. um, Placetta actually turned 360, didn't he? He had yeah. time to turn around. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a lovely move, very similar to the one we spoke about just now. Um, it was a lovely move and very quick. And um, the thought processes from their, their players, you could tell their quality. But as a defender, you get tight. Tanner was, wasn't was tight um, to McCullum. And Placetta actually turned 360. I, I, yeah. I couldn't believe that last night. Couldn't believe it. 55th minute, Cornick set away by Roberts and he whips it across, finds Mehmeti and the Norwich defender. Uh, so Mehmeti does win the ball, but if Mehmeti has eyes in the back of his head, he would have seen Naki Wells in space, but the chance goes. And then immediately after that, Matt, it was a shot over over the top from Sykes from about 25 yards. But that yeah. chance, that was a really good opportunity. And, you know, Cornick does well to get down the line, get the ball in. Mehmeti just wins the ball, but... <laughs> It's just in two minds as as to what what to do with it, and as I say, he just doesn't see Wells in space behind him because all he's got to do then is slot that one in. I think um, it's a great it was a great run from Cornick. He didn't quite put enough on the ball. Mm-hmm. When you watch it, um, Mameti is is ahead of his defender. If he puts more on that, then I think Anis gets to it first. Um, because it's sort of a, a little bit slower, the defender's able to, to get there at the same kind of time. There was a bit of me, maybe if Anna steps over it, does it then go through to Wales? Or as you say, he, he almost kind of not stood on the ball, but didn't quite get the right control for it. Um, believe me, I think he knows absolutely that Wells is behind him. Wells would have been screaming anyway. Um, I just think that he, he, his first touch just wasn't good enough. And then the, the, the opportunity goes... Um, and it was a real shame because you felt as the break sort of started, mm. it was a really good opportunity because you could see that he was clear in the middle. Um, and then the Sykes shot afterwards, then he got deflected over. It's one, it's one of them with Sykes. He, I, 
I don't see Sykesy scoring from outside the area. Um, and it's a little bit that there's, when Joe Williams gets the ball, you hear the crowd, shoot, shoot. And you think there's absolutely no chances he's going to yeah. find the back of the net. Mm. But to the same extent, I can't be critical because, you know, we're saying we're not getting enough shots. So I can't actually, see many, many, good, good many players, many players scoring from outside the area. Uh, not I for us, you don't, do you? Matt, no. Matt, Matty James uh, is can keep keep a shot shot down, but he keeps it down. He fizzes him a little bit, doesn't he? But yeah, yeah, uh, and that's um again. It's, it's actually a really good point. I don't you, you can't think of. I mean, I know Dickie has scored a couple of long ranges from from QPR. Yeah, um, the, and the number the of times that Mametti's cutting in, Bell's cutting in, yeah, and there's an opportunity to shoot. What, what's surprising with Mametti last night is that it. it because of getting it where he gets it on the left and coming inside, just the amount of times that he came inside and then hit that curling shot, it just didn't get anywhere near it. And you sort of think, again, are we are we practicing that in training that because he's wide, you know, coming in on the on, you know, on on that shot and getting it away? I also worry a little bit, and I said it to you last night, Patch, didn't I? That is he another of these kind of mercurial talents that we just aren't going to get the best out of? Um, it feels a little bit as though we've we've maybe coached some of the unpredictability. Mm. Um, you know, when he, he was our man of the match, I think, for his first two games last season. Mm. Um, he looked a real fine, didn't he? And now at the moment, um, he, he is looking like a player that is possibly top-end League One, but maybe the championship might be a little bit too far for him at this stage. And I don't think that is the case. He's looking like that. I don't think that's the case. I just worry that we're not getting the best out of someone like Mametti. And he, he follows in the footpath footsteps of many others that we've had like that. Yeah, well, I just think he needs tell. some more game more game time, more opportunity. Yeah. And I think with, for me, our best best starting lineup, I see Sam Bell in that position yeah. rather than Mametti. And he's going to just have to take advantage of the, 20 minutes, half an hour is that he's going to get because he can come on, does offer, does offer something different and will take players on. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's a 50-50 it's, it's a one at the moment. Is is that a bit of a problem, though, for Mehmeti, knowing that he is the number two out there rather than probably one, a confidence thing? I mean, because, you know, like, like it's been said, I, I think there's a player in Mehmeti. I mean, I know he does all the stepovers and all the tricks and so on. His final product just doesn't seem to be there at the moment. But um, but there is a player. I think we should persevere with him because I do think there is a player there. I just think that perhaps Absolutely. Um, he's told to he's playing with the handbrake on a bit at the moment with Pearson's. And and there was one opportunity, uh, one cross that he put in, which was like the cross that he made yeah. in one of his first games, where he sort of yeah. stabs the ball in, you know, like a yeah. like a, a dink dinked cross and things like that. So yeah, def- definitely more to come from Mameti, that's for sure. I think so. Uh, 60th minute. Now, this is an interesting one because 55th minute was that chance where Mameti, if he had eyes in the back of his head, then Sykes shoots from distance and there was another sort of melee in the box and the crowd had whipped up a bit and the players seemed to have whipped up a bit and then he makes a double substitution, which for me, the timing was wrong. And we'll talk about the personnel now, Matt, in terms of who comes off. So Knight and James come on, fine. But it's Sykes and Williams that go off. I find it incredible. Um, as you say, we, we we then seem to lose the impetus. I thought Joe Williams was having a decent game last night. I thought he was getting forward a lot. number of times he got beyond the play, 
waiting for the ball and the pass didn't come. Um, on the balance of play last night, I would probably have taken Tanner off because I thought yeah. I thought George had a really really poor game, and I and I don't want to you know castigate the kid because I I I really like George. Last night he just looks like a player. Um, I think Rob said it. He give he give you a five and a six, but you're not going to get sevens, eights, and nines from him. Um, he hasn't got any real competition um, with McCrory not sort of being available. Um, so I would have moved Sykesy back there, and I, and I don't like to do that with Sykes, but that would have been the option for me. You you said Patch could Viner sort of play there, which he could, but I think Zach's doing so well in the centre um, position. I wouldn't want to see him go out there. Um, and I would have put Sykes there. And I thought the other one, an obvious one, was was Andy King. Um, you know, for Andy King and Matty James to be on the pitch at the end, I find staggering. Um, you know, you're 1-0 down. You are not going to win a game with those two in midfield trying to drive you forward. It just isn't going to happen. Uh, although I thought Matty James did well when he came on. Um, but yeah, I was really surprised at that. Um, and I was surprised that... Um, yeah, he he didn't make the change that he did. You know, I, I just felt it was a, it was a, a a couple of poor substitutions which got borne out with the way that it then manifested itself in the play, didn't it? We lost all that impetus. Well, I, I was looking for um, maybe Viner to come on and push Naismith into midfield, just a bit of creativity, yeah. something a bit yeah. different. Yeah. And like you said, uh, Matt, about Andy King, I mean. We know his experience is invaluable. I'd imagine yep. in the dressing room, he's great. I'd imagine on the training field, he's great and so on. Um, but he's not quite got the legs. And if you're asking Andy King and Matty James to continue um, towards the end, I don't know, it's not quite the energy that you need. And Norwich had that energy and that was the yeah. big difference. He's the best pointer that we've got in the team, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, he, he he does a lovely point and tells it where to go, backwards or mm. sideways. But um, yeah, for for me last night, it was the wrong changes um, to win the game. Anyway, it was the wrong changes. Yeah, sixty seventh minute, Mametti off, um, and Sam Bell comes on, and Cornick off, and Yaboa. Uh, comes on so 67th minute we're making making another couple of changes and we'll come on to to Yeboah shortly but uh it was um yeah those those changes uh Lee do you want to take us through so Bell from Mameti is a like for like and yeah. Cornick for Yeboah as well well the first one uh Bell I'm I'm a massive fan of Sam Bell I think he's a great footballer I think he he's going to only get better um his crossing is superb. I, I think he was He's closing down as well. Well, that's right. And, and and he was deployed in the wrong position uh, against Birmingham. So it's nice to see him out um, on the left-hand side. Um, so I was quite happy with that because Mametti wasn't getting a great deal of joy last night with his crossing. But I would like to talk about um, this year, Bo. Is that okay to talk now about it? You can, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you know what? He, <laughs> um, Norwich were frightened to death at times, because you can tell he was getting kicked a bit. Um, there was a couple of cautions, I think, against him. Yeah, there was. Uh, Yeboah actually should have got caution, but I thought, um, <laughs> I thought, I thought the referee managed him well because he could tell that he was a seventeen-year-old. He's out to yep. impress the crowd were whipping him up, and um, the, the referee last night was Sam Allison. Who I thought, by the way, um, was superb. I thought he was brilliant. Um, even though we lost, we don't, you know, sometimes... He wasn't the ref that we had at Cheltenham in the, fr the pre-season friendly, yes. was he? He yes. was, was he? Because yes. that night he wasn't great, but last yeah. night, like you, I thought he was excellent. 
yeah well he somehow he's just been put on this select group two which is the championship um he was a semi-pro at uh chippenham town so he's got um Uh, right okay he he has got he's from wiltshire he's got um uh football background and so on so people often say we need um ex-players coming in yeah yeah that's sam allison and i think he'll be in the premier league give it a year or two's time so he was very good yeah yeah. very good i thought he managed yaboa really really well last night because he could have easily pulled a yellow out but going back to Yaboa, I thought um, he played with no fear. Um, he was attacking. He did everything that we were crying out for um, all evening. Um, and do you know what? So much so, and perhaps I'm getting carried away, I'd start him against Swansea because I tell you what, he must be full of enthusiasm. Um, he's been brought on in games where we've been 2 nil down and 1 nil down. And yep. that's hard. That's hard. Usually you blood these players in when you're two or three nut, but sadly that's not happening at the moment. But I would bring him, I would start him against uh, Swansea. I think he's... Does that mean that Sykes Sykes will start again in the middle of the three then, if that's the case? Yes, possibly. Possibly, which I know we might be against, but... um, I don't think he will because of Knight. I yeah. think Knight, Knight coming back in, he, he he will go James Williams Knight in that midfield three. Yeah, I think I think you from I completely get what you're saying, but yeah. I think Sykes has got to start out so, there. So for me, for me, Sykes starts it right back. Um, okay. George George Tanner was so yeah. poor last night. Yeah. Yeah. Sykes starts it right back, and and like Lee, I would give you Boa the chance. Okay. He did it last season at Swansea with Omar Taylor Clark, didn't he? Come did, in? yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. So, but. And and again, I don't I don't want it to be have a go at Harry Cornick because I do like Cornick. I just don't think we're playing a style that best suits him, mm. which questions the signing because he was so used to playing alongside the big lad at Luton. Um, so it questions that. But Yaboa did more last night from an attacking intent and causing problems than Harry Cornick did in the 60 odd minutes that he was on the pitch. Okay. And, so and they're different sorts of players. Yeah. Because your bow is more for me, more of a, an attacking winging winger type striker. Mm. Whereas I don't think Cornick is that Cornick can run and run and run. Like we said, but he hasn't got a huge amount of pace and he hasn't got a lot of trickery and your bow has got both of those. I don't yeah. disagree, but I'm going to throw a devil's advocate pitch yeah, yeah. at you here. So, Yaboa's come on the last 20 minutes with one nil down and has probably been yep. given the instruction, go at them. Whereas yeah, Cornick probably didn't get that from the very start. It but, was more but, of a managing but is, game. Is that that safety situation who patched? Possibly. Yeah. It's, you know, go at them, show them what you're about. Um, but you're not you're not gonna be able to get at them because Cornick isn't that sort of player that can get at them. I think with Sandell on the left. Well, we saw we them, saw it up at Hull, didn't we, for that yeah, that that chance. Exactly. We know we can can do it and has got the the ability and the the drive to get round a player. I mean, he set that sat that lad down, didn't he? On yeah, on Friday night. So yeah, it's you know, um, it, it was interesting last night when the team news come through. I was looking, um, and I and one of the first things I actually do interesting is look at the bench and see how strong the bench is to see who we've got to bring on to change the game if things aren't going our way. And um, and for the first time this season, I actually thought our bench don't look too bad. Um, because Bell could come on and change things, Yaboa obviously could, and so therefore I thought that was good. Um, that was for that was the first thing. So I was quite, you know, I was quite positive about that. But um, yeah, I I think um, I I really think he's going to start Yaboa up at Swansea because there's no pressure at home. Um, get at them because um, Swansea aren't 
aren't doing particularly well this year so far. They, no, they? they lost last night as well, didn't yeah, they? I know so, it was against so, Bournemouth, but let's get um, at them. It, interestingly, even Nigel Pearson said afterwards um, that we didn't get the ball to Yaboa enough. And he didn't understand why that was. You know, he was a real threat and we didn't get the ball to him. And you're thinking, well, get get your messages on there. You've got captains in James and King out there. Get the messages on there if that's the case. It just, yeah. Okay. I'm going to throw something else in. Sorry, Patch. Um, Go on. I'll throw something else in. The players that are making an impact at the moment, in my opinion, aren't necessarily the signings that Pearson have made, but actually academy products. If you look through... All the players that you feel they're performing is yeah. the economy. Well, okay. that worries me. So, so Dicky, uh, obviously he got one match suspension and didn't have his greatest game last night. No. But first three he's, games, he's he was, been decent. Yeah. He's been really good. Uh, Knight. Jason Knight, I think that Oxford game really showed mm. what he can do. And then up, up at Hull, he's man of the match. So, yeah, I, I see where you're going with that, but. I wouldn't say all. Um, Not all, but I would say the players that are making that impact, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, we were looking last night at bringing on Sam Bell and um, Yeboah, yeah. the impact. Okay, 76 minute, Roberts turns inside out and then inside out again, feeds Sam Bell, who sits up across for Yeboah at the back post. Uh, he goes for a hard squared pass come shot, which is headed up in the air. And then he concedes a foul sort of backing into the to the Norwich defender. And and that was really the last note uh, I've got here because the last eight minutes plus five minutes injury time, uh, Norwich managed that quite well. And one thing to call out in that last 10 minutes was the Yaboa chant that was born last night in the style of tequila. Yeah. So congratulations to section 82 for coming up with that one. Um, but that takes us to the end of the game, Matt. So let's have a, let's have a look at the ratings. Yeah. It won't, you won't be surprised. They're not brilliant. But Hang on. Yeah. Before, so, so a new, a new segment on the podcast, let's go for a, uh, me and an, an average weekly. Yeah, so so me and me and score. Lee have to have to come up with what we think the uh the average score will be for, for the players. Yeah. So I'm gonna go five point four. Right, well Matt's alluded to the fact they're not gonna be great, so I'm gonna go five point three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'll, I'll I'll give you that straight off. Um <laughs> So it was 5.23. Yeah, very close. Let's see if we can Um, change that. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to edit that bit out. We'll challenge up. Max, I went six. um, But a brilliant save. I mean, it's it's a six all day long for that save. I mean, it's probably an eight for that save. Mm. Um, I thought some of his distribution again last night was a little bit off. you know, a couple of sort of slice clearances, a couple of clearances that, get, that sort of went straight into touch. But generally, it was a performance that I would expect from from Max. Um, maybe argue may, a seven, maybe for that? maybe a seven because of that save, and don't argue it just to try and pump it up to five. Well, this is, I mean, this is this is you've made a schoolboy error. You've given uh, yeah. out the average too early. Yeah. Uh, but no, generally, um, I know he he couldn't do much about the goal, and there was a couple of wayward wayward kicks but could he have done could he have done much more he made a couple of good saves on top of that worldy save as well lee what do you reckon 
Well, I think he did what was expected generally last night with a, a couple of mistakes and a couple of great saves. So therefore, six for me. Okay, right. Carry on, Matt. Okay. Just because uh, he's won the average. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Um, so in terms of the the fullbacks, um, I've gone four for George, and that's, no. I know that's I know that's low, but I just thought it was a really really poor performance. And Hayden Roberts, I went five. Um, and I think there was a difference between the two. I didn't think Hayden was at the level that we know he's capable of um, in any stretch. I mean, he got a nine in the last game. Um, and I thought George was a lot a lot poorer than Hayden Roberts, hence the four and the five. Now, if you want to change that... You know, I, I think four is, four is fair enough, too but harsh I, for George Tanner because there, as much as there was a... You didn't get forward as much as you could and there was a few a few um, question marks. He still made some good blocks, got some good tackles in, and and I don't think he was a four, personally. A four, for me, and it's all about opinions, is yeah, yeah. a 3-0 defeat, and he's made a clangor. He's, he's, yeah, set that's, up, that's, he's a that's back pass, fair. set up a goal. You know, I think we gave Joe... Didn't you give Joe Lowe a four for that Lincoln game, for example? May have done. Yeah, may have done. So I'll I don't think it's a four. Lee, Lee can be the deciding vote. Yeah, however... Um, I thought he could have got closer for the goal. Um, I thought I thought he was run ragged all last night. Um, yeah. I, I'm probably with you, or he probably go four point five. I know that's sitting on the fence, but yeah, we can't, we can't do, do four point five. Yeah. Well, I would go five then okay. because I don't think he was awful, but I don't think he was brilliant either. So yeah, okay. Um, I just don't think you were seeing enough of him going forward either. No. Um, so, so I've gone two fives then in that case for those and, two. And Matt, just one more thing. So, uh, someone made a point recently about Pearson not out giving instructions. I think he did a lot of that last night and was trying to. He was doing that two fingers in the air and moving I, them backward I just, and forward. I just, I just find with George at the moment that again with Yaboa when he was on, he didn't get the ball to him quickly enough. Um, I don't too think anyone often. did, did they? Too often, it'd be interesting to see how many times it was George playing that ball back to Max O'Leary. Um, he, he looks like a player low on confidence in terms of going forward for me. Um, so on, on that basis, if we stick with that, I also went two fives for Naismith and Dickey. Um, and I suppose you could argue Dickey was was at fault for the goal, the goal and so could have been scored you know, lower than that if you're looking at that. But I didn't think Naismith or Dickey played anywhere near the levels that they should be last night. No, and I don't. I don't think it's a four either. I mean, there was a number of occasions. Dicky gives you that assurance that he's going to win the header. He's going to come forward and and uh, you know. You're going you're to love my midfield rating then. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so in, initially, I went Joe Williams six, uh, Mark Sykes five, Andy King four. I then revised it to being five for Andy King as well. Yeah. So I've gone five Andy King, five Sykes, and six Joe Williams. I thought Joe was was the, yeah. the better of the three. I really like Joe Williams, particularly in the first half. The number of times he tried to sort of thread the ball through with a bit of backspin to get well, he got Wells away once. He another occasion and whether Wells wasn't quick enough or the pass was a bit wayward. But Joe Williams seemed to be playing a little bit more with with that forward thinking yeah. out of yeah. out of out of virtually everybody. And yeah. he's tenacious as well, isn't he, Joe Williams? He is. He is. Yeah, he is. Um, and then the two subs that came onto the into the midfield, Knight and James, I gave two sixes. Um, interestingly, um, 
a, a friend of ours um, attended his first game last night and he sort of put some comments around the, the actual, the game, um, the, the sort of style of play, but picked out Knight and thought Knight looked absolute class apart when he came on. Mm. Um, and, and I guess having seen him, we saw what we expect from him, whereas a lot of strong running and stuff. He didn't necessarily show the the creative element or the passing that we've seen. But yeah, um, but I, I went to quite work out where where he was playing though when he came on. Matt was he given a bit more well, of a free run? It seemed it, exactly thatly. It seemed like yeah. it was a little bit more get out and wasn't it? But yeah, um, the the two wider forwards, Anis and Harry. I've gone two fives for them. Um, Again, if I was being really harsh, it could have been two fours, but I, I get your, your point, Patch, hence the two fives. Um, Cornick's such a difficult one um, because it's just, it just isn't happening at the moment. Um, and I do you, you, you have to question the signing at the moment and the way that he is within the team. It just isn't working out. It's just not... Uh, um, it's, it, it doesn't seem to suit what we want to do because um, you're playing him wide and he just doesn't have, as we said earlier on, the capability really to go past good championship defenders in that position. Um, so, you know, and, he, and he's getting a lot of stick on the back of it. You know, when you see fans sort of saying he, he doesn't look a player, you know, he's, he's nowhere near this level. I, I think it's slightly unfair because I don't think he's being played to suit his game. Um, and I, I, we've already talked about Anis as well. Um, and then Naki, I went six. Um, I think Naki worked really, really hard again last night. Had our only shot. Very isolated at times, not getting enough quality into him. Not getting enough runners working alongside him. So kind of very difficult. Um, so, and on that basis, I gave Joe Williams man of the match. Um, and it was a, a tough one to call, if I'm honest with you. Arguably, if your bow had been on the field mm. a couple of minutes more to have qualified the 35 minutes that we talk about, mm. your bow would probably have been in, in that position. I think your bow was probably a seven um, in terms of coming in and what he gave us. And Nigel Pearson, um, I went five, just, you know, it wasn't yeah, for, great, for, was it? For me, the team selection wasn't right from the, from the start. It was... Too, yep. too many changes i i um yeah i was a bit, bit frustrated with that but i i completely get that the league is the priority and it's an opportunity to get some game time for some of those for some of some of the players because it's it's going to be a squad game yep. um this season but yeah i i wasn't overly thrilled with the with the starting lineup i thought there might be two two or maybe even three but five changes um, was just too too many for me. One of the changes though was Dicky, in all fairness. So and and he yeah, was, that one was expected. So one yeah. was a definite. Yeah. yeah, but you know, driving to the game last night, I I I did see it as a bit of a free hit. I, I thought Nor Norwich are a good side. They got parachute payments and so on. Um, but I came away just so frustrated again. And and yeah. you know, it's I don't know, I don't know, disappointed. Yeah. Okay. Um. Have we got some tweets to read out? Anything? Uh, any other business from from you guys? I think I think probably Nigel Pearson's post match post match yeah. comments. Um, okay, you know I I think so. He's he's confirmed that Adam Murphy isn't signing. As I said from St Pat's, um, 
seemingly at this stage because he wants to stay in in Ireland. I think their season ends in November, um, or they have a, a mid-season break or something. Um, and then when he was asked by Sheridan about any future yeah. signings, any more signings, he kind of said no. Um, which I just find absolutely... We've only got two days left, haven't we? No, I, three, I just find it absolutely incredible that with Andy Vyman's injury, and, and they came out and said last night that um, it was something... Um, I can't think what it was. It was something to do with a bone or something that mm. hopefully won't be as bad or as long. But that's going to be still susceptible. I mean, he's broken down already sort of this season. But with him, with Tommy Conway out... Which okay, you know, we're looking at Tommy, and hopefully, it is just the the sort of next couple of months. But we need some support to get us through to January. If we lose Naki Wells through suspension, and Naki can be a bit hot headed at times, so that's not beyond the realms of possibility. But through suspension or injury, what have we got to play down the middle that doesn't feel it's a bit of a stopgap? You know, that might be a Cornick has to go down there. It might be a Sam Bell has to go down there. And, and that didn't work. Um, so I find it incredible that we can. And, and the bit for me, and I'm and I'm not um, intelligent enough, up to date enough on the FFP side of things. But surely with the money we've got for Semenyo, the money we've now got from Alex Scott's point of view, and I believe that, Scott's money gets counted, even though the way that it's going to be paid maybe over a number of years. Um, and the fact that we've taken off the wage bill just since the end of last season, Callas de Silva, Bentley before that in January, and Casey Palmer before that, big wage earners mm. to have brought in Dickie, Knight, McCrory, who I can't, uh, I would find hard to believe are on the sort of money that those players that I've mentioned we're on and Nigel Pearson I think has come out and said we're looking at much more of a um, a sort of level playing field from a wage perspective I can't believe we haven't got wiggle wiggle room to be able to get another couple of signings in I really can't and I'd like to understand why that is um, and and obviously Nigel Pearson towed the line last night and when he was asked if he was happy about it he sort of said well I, I know what it is it, you know it is what it is but it just feels as though I said, I said this morning, it feels at the moment like we're stagnating a little bit. We've done so much great work under Richard Gould um, over the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, things like the fans forums that we had, uh, lots of kind of content coming out, you know, being available on Radio Bristol, Sound of the City and things like that. We don't hear from Phil Alexander at all. We don't hear from Steve Lansdowne and even less so from John Lansdowne at the moment. And it just feels like we're a club that we've lost the impetus that we had. And I and I don't know what, what we're striving to be at the moment. It feels the whole O'Neill's debacle that we've got with the kit. Um, there's a lot of sort of disconnects at the moment. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is. Do you know, I'm just throwing this in um, for both of you, Patch and Matt. I wonder if um, uh, there's a bit more of a medium term thinking here from Steve Lansdowne. Um, I, I don't know. I've got no information about this, but I'm just thinking that perhaps Lansdowne doesn't trust Pearson with money and he doesn't expect to see him here after Christmas and give somebody else the money to spend in January. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. 
I don't think that. I think I don't, you don't. I, yeah, I don't see I, that now. No, I, I don't necessarily think that. Well, why haven't given him any money then? Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose you could argue that he has, in terms of Knight, is what one point seven five two million. Um, Rory costs money as well. Yeah, um, TGH is rumored to be what one and a half two million if the, the signing goes through. Um, McCrory, similar sort of figure. So I think I think he has had some money. It's an interesting one that Pearson's contract situation being up at the end of the season, yeah. Um, where they kind of stand on that, you, you would have to say it's very unusual to be in a situation where your manager's going in to the last year and you're not having those discussions. And I do, I, I would any three of us be surprised if Nigel Pearson is still here next season? Because I would be. I just don't see, unless we have a really, really good season, I think if we have a season when we finish mid-table again, I don't see Nigel Pearson being here next season. I'm saying Christmas, Matt. Yeah. yeah Christmas. He's put his neck on the line Christmas. Well, it is. Steve, <laughs> Steve Lansdowne has come out and said he believes we were better than Luton, which I actually have to say, Steve, I don't know how much football you've watched because there's no way we were better than Luton last season. Mm. And our, our squad isn't better than Luton's because if your squad is better than someone else's you'd expect it to achieve mm. um so I don't I don't agree with that but I do think you know you've you've also got the bit around Steve looking for investment and potentially looking to sell yeah. so again is it a case of get the wage bill down and then we're more of an attractive opposite uh, proposition to sell mm. um I don't know it just uh, again there's a situation where you just feel we should be performing better last night than we actually did. Um, I've got to say, Hull, I really enjoyed, and I thought we did play some really good football and played well. Yeah. Um, Mill was a different sort of game. We controlled that game. It wasn't scintillating football. We controlled it. Mm. But the rest that we've seen this season, especially at home, hasn't been great. I agree with Nigel Pearson. Preston wasn't as bad as a lot of people made out, but it also wasn't great. Um, and for the last 20, 25 minutes, they were much the better side. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a real quandary. It's a real, quand- a real quandary. At the but moment. if we, and all the people I sit with and people like yourselves and on the forums and everything else, everyone is saying we are crying out for, well, they, people are saying goalkeeper um, as a uh, possibly a reserve keeper, whatever, um, bit of competition, a centre midfielder and a forward. And... Yeah. For Nigel Pearson to say last night, again, I'm not necessarily blaming him, but for him to say point blank no, because sometimes you say, well, we're looking to always looking to strengthen, or sometimes yeah. you do that for managers, don't you? But he said no, and straight away my heart sank because I thought that we're, we're up against it now. And all three of us here, because we've had this conversation, said we're looking for top 10 this season. This is it. This is this mm. season. Well, I, I think at times we've been worse than last season. I don't so, see this this squad and the way we're playing at the moment making top ten at all. No way, no yeah. way. So I'm going to obviously play devil's advocate again, yeah. and uh, we are quite buoyant after Millwall. We are quite buoyant after Hull. This game has yeah. come in. We've lost one nil to Norwich. You were a really good side, and we've made five changes. So let's let's, as you say, I think Lee judge after you know ten games or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, I th- I honestly think we could go to Swansea and win, and mood uh, tails will be up. I do as well. I I genuinely think we can we can beat Swansea. But, but remember, we only drew against Hull. I know we were good. 
Yeah. But Mooney drew, and we should have, if we had a number nine, we'd have won. And mm. it was a last minute goal against Mill. Again, we played well, but we're not, you know, well, I, I, would, I don't think we're a top 10 side at the moment, unless we can get one or two in. I really feel that. The McCrory one, I think, is a real blow. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. He, he, and, could, he could pick the team up by the scruff of the neck, from what well, I heard. I'm, I'm from, from what we've, what footage we'd seen, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's a real bro- blow. And, and, and Conway, quite, obviously. Quite, quite a worry as well that, mm. um, you know, we don't, we don't know exactly what this bacterial infection is. Um, for them to be talking about potentially needing an operation, I've seen some reports talking about it being out for the season. Um, that would be horrendous for the lad, first and foremost, of course. Mm, of course. But I think I think he's a big miss. The other elephant in the room is Zach Viner and his contract situation. Now, what what happens if someone comes in for Zach Viner, whether that's a top end championship side well, Swansea or was even, the rumor, or even, wasn't it, yesterday? Even a Prem. I don't I mean Swansea why go why go to Swansea, Zach? I don't I unless see. it's a wages thing. I don't know. Unless it's that yeah, I mean I, I I think Zach seems to be very happy here. Um he certainly won the crowd over, which fair play to him, because that takes some doing at any level. Yeah. Um but if someone comes in for Zach on Friday, is it Friday that it finishes? Yeah. Yeah. Um if someone comes into him on Friday and bids, I don't know, two million, what do we do? He, he, he'll have to go because otherwise he goes for nothing. Potentially, he? doesn't he? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Exactly that. So yeah. you're 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 potentially losing our best player this season. Yeah. For for two million, which you know, let's be fair, in in current climate, you're not going to get a, a replacement and last season. That, that cares as much. Yeah, and last season, right, take Alex Scott out of the equation. Zach's probably player of the season last year, isn't he? Yeah, well, he won um, for players, player, didn't he? Or yeah, yeah, he did. Um, so I do, I do, that concerns me. It concerns me that, um, I, the view you get from the club and not, I mean, we didn't know that we were negotiating, they were negotiating with Cam Pring. Um, so who knows what is going on behind the scenes, but some of the noise you kind of hear on forums and stuff. And there are, there are people that do know what goes on down there because they've got friends and what have you that work there. Um, some of the noise you're hearing is that they've not, increase the terms that he was offered um and you do sort of think is it reflective of of the performances that he's put in over the last year um so that that to me is a bit of a concern and again another area that makes me think what what are we doing where you know it, it, it again i'll go back to it it worries me we don't hear or see anything of phil alexander and yet richard gould was so good at that and i know they're different people mm. but that's the role of the ceo you know, you need that visibility to know what is going on. What are we doing? We're not hearing anything. The only person we're getting anything from is Nigel Pearson. And and um, Alexander is an experienced guy, and it? it's not as though he's kind of just yep. into it. So, yep. yeah, you're right. I mean, we don't hear from anyone. John Lansdowne, we don't hear from. Um, you know, John is chairman. You would think wasn't chairman anymore because you yeah. see absolutely nothing from him and hear nothing from him. Um, it's a role in name only it feels you know and and i'm sure that isn't the case i'm sure john's doing a huge amount of work behind the scenes but we just don't we don't see anything and, is that and anything that to just do with, wasn't the case is that anything to do with 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 nigel pearson and the type of sort of character he is as the sort of the spokesman because maybe john, patch, do you remember yeah. last last time john lansdowne came out and that he 
didn't he say something? And then there was like an altercation, not an altercation. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was. So he's kind of thinking, right, well, I'm not getting involved in that anymore. Here's one I'll throw at you then. (laughs) Nigel Pearson, next three, four, five games, we lose them. He's under pressure, not going to renew his contract. And they decide mutually, that's it, we're going to go. Lee Johnson and Dean Holden, is that what you're going to say? I'm going to, I'm going to say Lee Johnson, because some, someone said to me last night that don't be surprised Lee Johnson coming back. And I said that would be the worst thing yeah, don't that do they that. could even think of doing. You yeah. don't go back. I mean, we we did it with Joe Jordan and that didn't work out. And look at the, 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 the period that Joe had had beforehand. Mm. Lee Johnson didn't win over a good 30, 40% of the fan base. So... If the choice is Nigel Pearson stayed to the end of the season and we oh, finish 15th, yeah. or Nigel going and Lee coming back in. And I, and I liked Lee Johnson, mm. but I wouldn't want Lee Johnson back as manager. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, throw that right. one in. There's, Good there's news, a bomb everybody. Um, I've picked the side for Swansea to win Good. the game. Go on then. Um, yeah. And I know it's not the same as what you guys would go for from what we've well, let's already. See. But here we go. So Max O'Leary in goal, number one. Happy with that? <laughs> Yep, yeah, we'll get yeah. that. <laughs> we'll agree on that one. <laughs> right. Tanner, Viner, Dickie Pring, right to left. And I know you uh, let me say mine first. So Tanner, Viner, Dickie Pring, uh, Naismith and James, Sykes, Knight, Bell, Wells. And I've got nine substitutes. Uh Bajic, Taylor, Gardner, Hickman, Roberts, Williams, Yaboa, Mametti, King, Cornick, and Knight LaBelle. Right, Matt. Give me your first. mid give me your midfield three again. Uh, so it's Naismith and James as the yep. two, and then Sykes, Knight, and Bell as the three, and Wells as the one. Okay. Um, I think Tanner drops out. I think the the right-hand side was so poor last night, and I could see um, Gardner Hickman coming in. Um, Into Tanner's spot. I could, yeah. yeah, because it's the sort of thing that Nigel Pearson will do, even though Corberon has come out and said... He absolutely didn't see him as a right back, mm. sees him as a, a, an attacking midfielder. Um, Base the sort of thing we'll do, we'll play in there. So don't be surprised at that. Um, and yeah, I, I I think you've got to get Naismith in the middle. I know he might not want to play there, but I think he just gives you that little bit more going forward and opens things up, doesn't he? The only yeah. thing I was thinking when I was sort of typing this out was our man of the match from last night, Williams, is on the bench. But, yeah, but I think if you're playing James, you, Knight, Knight is getting in there all day long. And I think yeah. if you're playing James, it, it's always going to be James over James and Williams. That four for me, the, the three and the one, Sykes, Knight, Bell and Wells, that has got to be the, the best four for, for, yeah. uh, for that position, for that formation. Um, Yeboa? Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I would rather Yeboah comes on last half an hour and makes the impact that he makes rather than starting. Personally. So you're playing Sykes, Sykes wide but, right, yeah? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah, no, yeah. I want Sykes right back. Yeah. And I want your bow. Sykes in goal. I want your bow <laughs> left back. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, you could have picked the side last night then, Patch. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think we'll leave it there. We're uh, <laughs> we're starting to get into our working day now, so um, mindset shift. But uh, thanks so much, Lee, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, and, and do you know what? Can you please allow me to come on when we've had a really good performance? We've won 4-0. <laughs> yeah. And because I much prefer to be positive, but at the moment, 
I'm afraid it's not very good, is it? As yeah. I said, as I as I said, we've had the we've we've had we got five points. We're in the top half, I think, just about of of the league, which is yeah. our priority. Yeah. We'll win at Swansea, we and mindsets will be different. So um, yeah, cheer yeah. up, cheer up. Right, thanks, sir. <laughs> Listen, everybody. Uh, Twitter a at three p i a p c if you want to follow us over there. And yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. See you soon. Take care, Good, all. Cheers, everyone. See you, mate. Bye. Bye-bye. Yes.